Welcome to the second episode of the TD Legends podcast. I am your host, Blackman. Alongside me, I have Mr. Bernstein and Mr. Parker. How are you guys today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's a, it's a good evening here in Florida. Pitch, pitch black out. Yeah, it is pitch black here. You know, it, it is pretty pitch black here down in Florida, but uh, I'm doing great. You know, it's nice. It's nice to not have someone go. Yeah, I'm burning. You know, right out the gate. Shots. I just shoot shoot shots at everyone in this pod, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> this, this is all the podcast is. It's slander everyone else. That's yeah. That's what it is. Pretty uh, much. Sutton might also be here at some point. We don't really know because he hasn't said. But without further ado, let's hop right into it. Uh, last episode, we just went over the preseason NCAA magazine. So we're going to roll through week one and week two, um, talk a little bit about each game, not a whole lot, and then maybe a little top five from each guy. So uh, we'll start off the week one non-script games uh, you see on the cover. I have it pulled up, Penn State with the big win against Notre Dame, Ellis Williams, six tackles, and the forced fumble. Uh, Oklahoma with a big win, Kentucky with a big win, USC with a shutout. So, guys, I'll uh, get. I'll let you give your opinions on some of those games. Uh, yeah, I think I think the big win by Oklahoma was a. Uh, really good right there to show that Oklahoma might not be as overrated as some people think they might be. Now, Oklahoma starting off at five was a little surprising, but I mean, with a big win like that, it definitely shows you that maybe they do deserve to be at that spot. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Parker. Obviously, we talked, uh, you know, Misun and uh, Blackman talked pretty extensively about Oklahoma on the first episode. And, uh, you know, I think it will be interesting to see how they perform against Dave, uh, you know, a more quality opponent, but obviously a pretty big win uh, here for them. And I thought overall, I was impressed by USC uh, pitching a shutout. Uh, I thought that was uh, a pretty good game. And, you know, the Pac-12 race, you know, we may see a favorite in the team we're going to talk about pretty soon, but I think USC is a dark horse uh, in the Pac-12. Definitely is. So uh, the first game of the night, I believe it was the Chick-fil-A kickoff. Yes, it was. Chick-fil-A kickoff. Number, number one, Texas. Number nine, Tennessee. Burn. we might have talked about some of these on ESPN Live, but we'll cover them anyway. Uh, Texas, with the absolute slaughtering of the balls. Sorry, Coach Parker. It, it had to happen. But uh, the Longhorns, starting right off, where, starting where they left off last season with the big-time win in week one. Yeah, I mean, Texas looked really good in that one. I mean, nothing went good at all for us that one. I mean, we definitely needed to be better, and we will be better in the future, but I don't know, it's definitely not as good as I hoped it would be. Yeah, you know, I was a little nervous going into this game. Like, I felt pretty, obviously, I felt pretty confident in my team, uh, but I wanted to see how my new guys would step up because uh, we had a couple new, you know, Longhorns making their debut, uh, whether it be transfers or uh, as freshmen. And I was really impressed by the team. I, I hope that uh, the defensive playmakers continue to step up like they did. You know, holding 
I see the seven points is, is really impressive in my eyes. And obviously, the offense was as good as expected, if not better. So uh, I was very, very proud of uh, the team in this game. But obviously, like Coach Parker said, you know, this isn't uh, just a give up point for Tennessee. They still have plenty of the season left, and I think they can pick up some momentum. Definitely. Uh, and, and like you said, some of those new guys for Texas, and, and one guy that comes comes to my mind is uh, – Shoot, forgot his first name, but Nolan. I mean, we all know Nolan. He uh, had a big time game, and I'm, I'm presuming he was the one guarding Kendrick Jordan, who won Belenikoff last season. So that was a very exciting matchup, and he ended up getting an interception, uh, allowed a touchdown to to uh, Jordan, but that was their only score of the game. So big time performance from him, and we'll roll right on into the Camping World kickoff. Number four, Miami. Number eight, Rutgers. Guys, give me your take. This is a game that I was very excited about. I wanted to see if the Scarlet Knights would be able to keep it close with the young but very, very good Miami Hurricane squad. And the Rutgers just didn't keep they didn't keep it super close, but they didn't get absolutely blown out either. I mean, we definitely saw some flashes of light from that Rutgers team. And I mean they could potentially make a little bit of a run. I don't see them being a playoff team, but we could definitely see them getting in as a New Year's Six playoff, not a New Year's Six bowl team. And Miami looked absolutely great in that one from all their young stars putting up huge games. I, th- I think that's an interesting point, but I want to bring up something. Obviously, Rutgers had a slow start to last season as well and picked it up late in the season and won New Year's Six game. But is that the ceiling for this Rutgers team? Because... I mean, they just look like Rutgers did last year. And, I mean, I don't want to say that was a little disappointing, but it was a little disappointing. So, you know, we'll see how they could pick it up in the following weeks. Obviously, they didn't play a team and get upset. They played a very, very talented defense and a pretty solid offense with Miami. A very young, but a very talented team. Uh, obviously, you know, they... This, this is all we're going to talk about Miami tonight. So, uh yeah, I was impressed. And and how about the defense uh, forced four turnovers in that game? So uh, we'll see how long that holds up, and if the saying "defense wins championships" if that if that reigns true. So the final kickoff game we had the Texas kickoff, the number two Ohio State Buckeyes, and the number seven Washington Huskies. Guys, this was a close one. Uh, almost Buckeyes almost on upset alert I think half of the country maybe 99% of the country wanted the Huskies to win Uh, we talked about in the ESPN live Washington is America's team (laughs) yeah I mean it really just came down to that last minute and 39 seconds I guess Ohio State had their timeout still and they were able to go down the field that quickly and get that stop I mean if it doesn't come down to that and say Washington picks up one first down, we might have a we might have a twenty-four to twenty-two victory with Washington right here and Ohio State falling out of the top four and Washington making their way into the top four. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point. You know, we talked pretty extensively about this game on the ESPN Live and about that swing late in the game. Uh, obviously, uh, it was like like Blackman said, Washington's is America's team. No one likes Washington more than Blackman and I do. Uh, but obviously, Ohio State in in our first podcast 
Celtics, I think, picked them to win the national championship this year. And if they're going to come out like that, then, you know, that's not exactly what you're looking for there. But once again, they snuck out with the win. But that that curve there, like you talked about, Parker, I think uh, that would have been pretty crazy. But I think good clock management by Coach Sutton and a, a good job of that Ohio State offense to get down the field and their defense stepped up late. Definitely. And, and one more point I want to make. Uh, Bernie, we, once again, we talked about this a little bit on the ESPN Live. The, if, if you're going to be number one, number two, number three, you, you have to play like that every game. And and in this game, you know, I I don't know this. I'm going to uh, put this one up for debate of the people that watch this. Is Washington a lot better than we thought? Or is Ohio State not as good as we thought? And I think there's a lot of debate. I think it could go either way. I think it may be even a little bit of both. But uh, for sure, Ohio State didn't play like the number two team in the nation that game. So we'll move on. Week two, couple big games. Uh, the the headliner, the final game of a home and home, Miami at Florida, and then Alabama at Oregon. Once again, the uh, final game of a home and home. Uh, the rest of the games, non-scripts. Not a whole lot to talk about. LSU. And Wisconsin and a Rick matchup. Wisconsin gets that win. Ryan Fitzpatrick with the big day, one 138 yards, two touchdowns. And Oklahoma once again, a big time victory, 33, 33 to three. Uh, USC with another big game, 42 to 14 over Idaho. Uh, Baylor, a team that you know, Bernie, you and I liked. Uh, in the first podcast, we really liked them. We thought they were severely underrated. I believe they're ranked 12th, if I'm not mistaken. So a team that's underrated, they threw a shutout to UTSA, 37-0. to And then uh, the rest of the ranked teams got victories. But the two games we definitely need to talk about, unless you guys have something you want to say about the non-scripts. Yeah, I just thought it'd be quickly. Like we, like you you brought up Oklahoma and uh, Baylor on. And, I mean, we've talked extensively, and there was a lot of trash talk today in the uh, active TV chat, um, mm-hmm. these two teams. Um, and I think that's definitely going to be an interesting game to watch uh, because, you know, some people have called Oklahoma overrated sometimes. Some people have called Baylor underrated. So it's like, what team's going to come out and prove their distinction to be either true or false? Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting matchup, obviously. But, uh, Parker? Anything you want I think that uh, Baylor-Oklahoma might have a possible chance to be one of the best games that we see all year this season, considering that these two teams have been going at it now since before week one about on which one's the better team and which one's not. I mean, we saw a whole bunch of uh, performances coming out of this one from Sterling Madison, Kyrie Wilson, Nico Williams putting up huge games for their teams. And I mean, all those guys have a chance to be top players at their positions. And when it really comes down to that game, that might be one of the best games of the season. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting. Every single one of the notable performances uh, this week came from freshmen. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So Wait. something there, other than uh, Wentz. Wentz, yeah, other than Wentz. But you know, we yep. see guys like you know T.J. Langford and Kyrie Wilson, Charlie Mass, and those guys. I'm excited to see how they uh, continue on their momentum. 
I mean, these guys are the young, young guns of the league. So uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. Uh, that was that was a very good point, Burn. Uh, so we'll move on. And in this game, Alabama and Oregon actually last year ended up playing a part in the playoff race, and the Major winner of this game made the playoff. So uh, uh, a game we had to watch whether uh, one team's ranked. 11th or not, Alabama marches into Eugene and gets the big time win against the Ducks, 35 to 23. And and Kyle Williams and Mercer Harris had a big time day. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyle Williams and Mercer Harris both came in that same class that Tyrone Parker did. I mean, those three guys both had a together. I think had all the points for Alabama in this one. And, I mean, it was really interesting to see those guys go off for this team. And it was interesting to see Tyrone Parker play his first game at running back and get himself a touchdown in the first quarter. But he also did give up a fumble. So we'll have to see if that ends up being a positive or a negative for Alabama. Yeah, I think, you know, a little bit of growing pains there. But obviously, you know, still with an impressive performance. But um, overall, I was pretty impressed by the Alabama offense in this game. I think they came out really strong. I think Rodriguez has kind of kicked it up a gear, but is he, you know, we talked about him a lot early last season as a Heisman contender. Uh, can he sustain this play like he was unable to last year? So uh, I think I think that'll be something interesting to watch. Definitely. And, and then the game of the night and maybe the most exciting game to date besides the Washington-Ohio State game. Number four, at number three, Miami at Florida. This one was exciting. Once again, the defense comes up big for the Hurricanes, and they get the big-time W in Gainesville. Uh, yes, I mean, this one was one that I was uh, really, really looking forward to watching considering that I was the former Florida Gator head coach. And I, I still had a few of the guys that I had recruited playing in that game, like Dre Atlas and uh, Armani Andrews. And then I also got to see a former one of my players, Jaden Johnson, go off from Miami, which was really cool to see. In general, it was a it was a really good game between two of the better teams in the league. And I wouldn't say just because of this one loss, we won't see Florida possibly make another run to get into the playoffs. Because with the SEC being a little bit weaker this year between Florida and just Alabama, if Florida's able to upset Alabama later in the year in the SEC championship, we could see a Florida versus Miami rematch possibly in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's something to keep an eye on. And obviously, that you know, that also sparks the debate. You know, I'm sure we're going to end up having this one, maybe. One loss uh, SEC champ Florida or one loss Pac-12 champ Washington, if that's what it really comes down to. I mean, I mean, it sounds crazy to say that, but that could totally be something we talk about later in the season. And I was going to say, Parker, obviously, you know, used to coach Florida and you're not really used to seeing them lose. Uh, especially in the regular season. But this Miami team, man, they have a hell of a defense. You know, we really learned that. Offensively, they have some big playmakers. I mean, look, I'm very impressed. Like you said, Jaden Johnson with a big-time performance. Uh, You know, Walter Sutton. Uh, You know, I'm just looking for... Yeah, I I think if they can keep up this consistency offensively, I think they'll be really strong. and their defense, uh, if their defense can hold, you know, explosive offenses, say they have to play a Texas or an Ohio State, 
if their defense can make a couple stops, they have enough offensive firepower to uh, to take advantage of those two teams' defenses. Definitely. And uh, one question I have for both of you. Um, I, was, I was thinking about this whenever we went over week one. Uh, at, at this point, we've seen some teams almost get upset. Uh, we've seen a couple upsets. And we've seen some teams uh, play like we all thought they would. So that that top five debate, mm-hmm. is, is there a case that Miami could be ranked over Ohio State? I mean, I personally think that there's a case that we can say that. I wouldn't necessarily just over one bad Ohio State game that, I mean, Miami is definitely better than them. But after having two huge wins in back-to-back weeks, I definitely think that Miami makes that case. And I personally think that they do, that they are better than Ohio State currently. Yeah, I think Miami has a lot of momentum. And uh, like I said in the last podcast, these two teams are very similar. Very similar. Um, I, I actually think just the emphasis on the side of the ball is the only difference. Miami's stronger defensively and Ohio State stronger offensively. Uh, obviously, Ohio State made a great run last. I think my Amy's well positioned themselves. I mean, the, that that debate right now for who's this, you know, the number two ranked team country. I mean, because it doesn't look like Texas is going to move down for a big win. Uh, I think it's a really close debate. And I really think that, once again, it's such an open league. I think both definitely natty like favorites, natty contenders. Uh, okay, one more thing. Um, let's see, what was I going to say? I forgot now. Uh, My serenading words. <laughs> yeah, I was just caught up in listening to Burn. While I'm thinking about what I was going to say, uh, I'll let both of you guys, starting with Parker, just give me a brief top five. All right, so if I'm going to give you my brief top five, right now, number one's Texas. Number two is Miami. Three for me, I'm going to go with the Alabama Crimson Tide because I think that they put on a really good performance. Number four, I'm going to say Ohio State. And then number five, give me the Huskies. Because the Huskies, they might be a really, really good team this year depending on how well they are late in the season. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much going to fully agree with you. I, just right now, I'd put Ohio State over uh, Bama. I understand, the uh, obviously, Bama with an impressive performance, but... Uh, Ohio State still pick up the win, and I, I'm expecting improvement. Um, and I can't really, you know, drop them that much under uh, one game. However, I know I agree with Washington at five, and I obviously think they're a team to watch. It's funny to put a team, you know, with a losing record that high over teams yeah. like Oklahoma or like, uh-huh. you know, or even Florida. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm just really impressed with the play of Washington. Uh, in that game and I think that they're going to probably cakewalk their way you know I, I'm excited to see them play Oregon however mm-hmm. and USC oh yeah should be a fun game actually yeah, I think the USC game uh, should mm-hmm. be one to watch so uh, at, the, at this point in the season um, you know excited to see uh, who plays who in week three week four and I believe week five will be the final week of non-conference games it might be week four I'm, I'm not positive about that but once non-conference games are over strength of schedule is, is basically non-existent 
Um, you know, it for Texas, they'll most likely win out. I think. It, I'm expecting. I mean, I'm expecting one more uh, non-conference script, whether it be week three or week four. Prob. I'm, I'm not sure against two, but maybe a Big Ten team. But I, I doubt we'll play Rutgers again, unless that was a technically a home and home. But I don't think it was. However, um, yeah, I mean, in, in the conference, obviously Oklahoma and Baylor are strong teams, but right now it's probably unlikely that they beat Texas for current momentum. Come on, let's see Longhorns versus Hurricanes week four. Uh, three, three, three non-conference script games for Miami. <laughs> that I would be... I'm going to speak for Hardy here and say uh, <laughs> no. maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. So, uh, you, you, you play Texas next. You play Texas next year, okay? Wait, wait. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. play Texas next year. That's fine. I am ready for that matchup. So won't be our. Uh, <laughs> so, like I was saying, a lot of these teams at this point, and and I hate to say anything about the future, but we all know what's coming. A lot of these teams aren't really going to struggle that much with their conference games, like Miami. Is, is basically all alone in the ACC unless they get another script game, which I highly doubt they do. They might be home free. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio State, their their next hardest game is going to be Rutgers unless they get another non-conference script game. And after that, it, they're home free. Texas, they'll have a tough one against OU, a tough one against Baylor. And then if they beat both of those teams, they'll they'll play one of them again in the Big 12 championship. So that maybe Texas has one of the tougher uh, schedules from here on out. And that's and that's uh, why once again, if Texas were to win out, they'd probably be one because last year, you know, they were one even without that strike to schedule. And this year, they may be one with that strike to schedule. So I think that's something interesting to see. Definitely. And then for Alabama and Florida, the same thing for them. There are some good teams in the SEC, but I don't think uh, anyone at this point is capable of keeping up with Alabama and really even Florida, even after uh, some of those guys announced they would set out or transfer. Uh, I remember, I believe, Faraz and uh, Atlas, maybe? No, it was Faraz and Metcalf. Yeah, okay. Uh, But... But still, nonetheless, I think probably the top team, the SEC East. So they'll that'll be a game to watch in the SEC championship more than likely. Uh, Washington, like you said, they'll play Oregon, they'll play USC. But but once again, I think they're capable of beating both of those teams. So I think now, once we're two weeks in, it, it's pretty easy to establish maybe six or seven teams that are in the hunt. And then there's, you know, two or three that more than likely have already locked themselves a spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the coming weeks. I mean, look, any given any given Saturday in this case, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's it very unpredictable at this point, even even though we just predicted the whole season. It's very <laughs> unpredictable because, because we have seen weirder if last season... Uh, wasn't an example. I don't know what what. Yeah, I'm, I'm sold against freaking FSU losses. <laughs> I'm taking those uh, Tennessee Volunteers over those Florida Gators in the SEC. 
<laughs> we will see. Malik Ross revenge game. No, that's Kentucky, Florida. Or technically Kentucky. Yeah, that's Kentucky, Kentucky too. Tennessee, really. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess if y'all are ready, we can move on to uh, NFL. I believe is what yeah, we're going to Yeah, I mean, to. I didn't think yeah. we were going to talk that long about <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> Damn, we just played 25 minutes. Time flies, bro. It really uh, does. All right, TD NFL, Commish Sutton back again. Uh, we had some pretty big games early on, a uh, little scheduling mishap, but we got it figured out. Uh, <laughs> after week one, I believe uh, I believe the Browns and the Steelers, if I'm not mistaken, it might have been the Browns and the Ravens. One of them was 2-0, and one of them was 1-1 and after week one. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Mag dropped, and we're already in week two. And we've already had a big trade, so we'll crank it off early. Uh, just a quick run through of some of the things we saw in the magazine um, MVP watch. We might have covered some of this. We in, did in cover the Mag, live. Yeah. Okay. okay, then we're just gonna skip on through that. Uh, week one, Thursday night football, the Vikings. And the 49ers, Josh Williams, is back, folks. He is back, and he is back in Heisman form. This is the Josh Williams we all know, we all remember. Is is this MVP, Josh? This is 1,000% MVP, Josh. I mean, coming off of the Super Bowl MVP, he's hyped up more than anything for this season for Minnesota, I think. This is if this, if he's gonna win a Heisman, I mean, uh, if he's gonna win an MVP, this is the year for him to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be a running back this year. I, th- I think I think it's either gonna be him or or uh, Ty Logan in Tennessee. Mm. Uh, I, I'm I'm just telling you, man, the guy is their <laughs> only player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. And they're good, apparently. So mm-hmm. uh, something something interesting to watch. I, I really dig. Uh, I'm obviously a huge fan of Josh Williams and that Vikings team picking up a good, a pretty damn good team in the Niners as well. Definitely. And, and Josh Williams uh, with with over 200 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a, a very big performance and a, a very early statement for MVP. Uh, we'll move on to the non-scripts. Uh, I believe if... if uh, I'm not mistaken. That's supposed, to be, supposed to be the Steelers. Yeah. On the edit. So the Browns beat the Steelers. Jimmy Hatch, big day, 362 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, TJ Wright in his first appearance uh, after being drafted number one. The Cardinals get the win over the football team 29. I don't know why there's TJ. a picture of someone that's not TJ Wright there, though. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Wright. <laughs> TJ with 297 and two touchdowns. And then the notables. For this, well, okay. Dolphins, Titans, uh, MVP Gaines is back once again after that injury last season. He had a really strong uh, finish last season, and, and he's back where he left off, 343 yards, one passing touchdown, two rushing touchdowns, showing he can do it with his legs as the Dolphins get the victory. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a fun week, uh, you know. I think I, 
Titans is actually a pretty interesting one. Obviously, two of the better uh, teams, and also like looking at the uh, at the notables, uh, a lot of strong rookie performances, uh, but also uh, some you know strong performances performances by some established vets. You're completely right, Parker. Uh, you have anything you want to say? Yeah, so, I mean, personally, this was a great week one, but I'm looking at Hakeem Okuda, man. Went from, had a long, a long, difficult career throughout college, and, I mean, goes off for 100 passing yards and 100 rushing yards in his first game in that NFL for the Eagles. I mean, he might be someone to look into. Right, right. and, and dual-threat uh, quarterbacks, not something we see in the NFL. And whoever yeah. is, has that freaking echo on their phone, I'm going to shoot. Look at you, Parker. Probably is me. Yeah. <laughs> it's most definitely. But uh, like you said, lots of lots of rookies. Uh, Denzel Baker, Hakeem Okuda, Davis Bryant, Trey Jones, all with big-time performances in their first start. And, and a lot of Texas talent on that list as well. So... We will move on uh, for the Sunday night game, the Packers and the Bears, former number one pick, Dante Williams. Uh, Trey Nolan in his first game has a big-time day as the Bears get the massive win, 28-3. to How about that? Yeah, they didn't blow it. <laughs> Ooh. Sorry, Falcons fans. Mm. Pretty brutal, you, you, right? That is brutal. Yeah, whatever. Good good win for the better football team here. But they're not the Washington <laughs> football team. So. Right. Yeah, it was a good one by the Bears. But, I mean, I don't think that they're going to challenge the Vikings for the NFC North. Mm, it'll be interesting to watch. It will. And then Monday night football, we had – well, before that, we had a trade. So, the Texans – Trade with the Steelers. Texans receive Ulysses Frost, and the Steelers get a 2028 Houston first rounder, Devontae Walker, and Titan Johnson. Yeah, my offer was better than this. So, I mean, look, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. You know, yeah. That's what they say. That is completely correct. So, Monday Night Football, the first game, the Jets and the Lions, a couple, couple uh, rookies. Making their starts, Joey Piazza on the offensive side for the Lions, and Devontae Blackman on the defensive side for the Jets. And this this was a matchup we saw all night, and and it was very exciting. You know, uh, Piazza gets that big time sixty three yard uh, reception off rip, and then in the second quarter, Blackman uh, gets a forced fumble on Mahoney. The Jets come away with the victory, seventeen to ten. And you know, with the Jets, they have last year's reigning uh, offensive rookie of the year, and now they have a guy that's capable, maybe, of winning defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I think the Jets are a team to definitely look out for for possibly making a run into the AFC. I mean, they're a very young team that has a lot of potential coming from guys like Smith and Blackman. I mean, it's definitely something to look out for there. Yeah, and I think the AFC East is one of the more competitive divisions actually in in the league. I mean, 
I, I gotta say the Dolphins are probably just a step, uh, just a step above the other teams there now. But obviously, mm-hmm. you know that can easily change in the future. Uh, but I think uh, once again, I mean, we talked pretty extensively about uh, the Dolphins in the preseason, but the Jets, Patriots, and uh, and the Bills—they're all pretty solid. Definitely. And then the second Monday night football game, the Raiders and the Rams. Uh, Norman Woody in his first start for the Rams. There was a blowout to the Raiders, thirty-five to ten. How about that? I mean, what do you expect when your quarterback is Cade Coleman? I, I was mean, about to not, say the Raiders. There's not a lot bad. to see from there when you got Cade Coleman as your starting quarterback, and I think we can ask Bernie that right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can confirm. <laughs> Yeah, and and you can see in the script in quarter one, uh, the the final play, John Mazzell takes the screen, but it's over his head and incomplete. Cade Coleman is terrible. <laughs> that's that's quite the script, boys. I mean, Cade Coleman is terrible. I mean, even Hakeem Makuta is better than Cade Coleman. Like, come on now. Yeah. And then uh, week two has not been posted yet but in Thursday Night Football we get to see the Ravens and the Bengals uh, Patrick Flame in his first yeah. game well maybe well second game for the Bengals and Zay Wash uh, Zay Wash uh, yeah a, a game uh, a couple teams we talked about just a second ago in the AFC East the Dolphins play at the Jets this week we'll get to see uh, a Dax Wendell Versus Devontae Blackman matchup and Wendell, a guy who was in the MVP race virtually all season last season. So that'll be quite the matchup there. Uh, Sunday night football, Giants and the Cowboys. And uh, poor Drake Mayfield. He has hey, hit rock see, bottom. Be, let's, let's all say it at the same time, all right? One, Bane DiNucci. Well, no one did it with me. <laughs> I didn't know what we were saying. Bane DiNucci. Bane DiNucci. <laughs> Uh, but per per some sources, this could be Jamez Parker's last game as a New York Giant here. Mm. Yeah, I'll spend Danucci for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Monday Night Football, the Browns and Zach Bernstein and the Saints. That'll it's be a fun one. Come on, Jim Hatch versus uh, Zach Bernstein. Yeah, that's show quarterback it. medal Zach, for the Zach ages. Bernstein, Zach Bernstein about to show what that he got robbed. Just I, I love you, Harris. But <laughs> yeah, jokes 16 on you. Sixteen to zero, sixteen to zero, and puts up like fifty-six touchdowns. Oh man, guys, <laughs> it's okay. Oh, it's okay. You know, I won Heisman and Natty. You can't ask for much more. Yeah, yeah. You you ruled the NCAA season. So uh, you, with that, uh, you want to move on to high school? Yes. Don't want to spend too much more time. So high school, uh, Mag. <laughs> Did we talk about that at all on the, on uh, the we, live burning? I know we we didn't really like, cover it much here, but we like extensively talked about it on the. All right, uh, just preseason a little bit. The uh, preseason rankings: number one, IMG; number two, Marcus; number three, Duncanville; number four, Rancho; number five, Shamanad; and number six. Westlake, who I personally think is the drippiest high school in the nation, period. <laughs> but uh, player of the year watch, Marcus with a couple guys on this list, Garrett Sutton and Storm Harris, both in the backfield. 
uh, Jaden Parker, the quarterback for Brancho Kukamonga. Carson Wentz Jr., another quarterback, and he is at IMG. And then Zach Anikstad, the safety out of Duncan. A uh, few players to watch here. For Shamanad, we have the quarterback, Clayton Scoob. Uh, at Marcus, defensive end, Stone, Wa- Stone Washington, younger brother of former Heisman winner Isaiah Washington. And then uh, running back at Westlake, Gabriel King, who is the younger brother of Tavon King former quarterback at Texas and now at Florida who won a national championship last season. So uh, some really talented guys in high school this season. We cranked it off with a banger of a game. Marcus and Shamanad, uh, Garrett Sutton, Storm Harris getting to show their worth in the first game of the season. And and I, I'm pretty sure I scripted part of this game. I don't remember. But... Uh, Marcus, Marcus gets the win off of maybe a controversial call. Uh, ref yeah. say, ref yeah. say Sutton is in, but Marcus wins. Yeah, Marcus wins and good uh, a good win for them, obviously. Uh, I was impressed by Sutton uh, in this one. And, you know, they go for the win and, you know... Maybe by nefarious means, but they end up picking it up. So, uh, good good win for Marcus. Definitely. Yeah. Inga. Ahead, Inga. Well, I, don't, I don't have anything to say. I was going to move on, but I'm sure you have something to say. Uh, okay, I was going to say, um, really shows you how much of a fighter this Marcus team is, considering that they went down from being down 28-21, went for it, got it, and basically pulled off a great win in week one. Definitely, and... Uh, we'll move on. Westlake and IMG. This was number one versus number six preseason teams. Close game. And and I think uh, the defense for IMG and specifically the secondary, LaPrey and Okuda, two really talented guys. And, and then even Wendell on the line. This IMG team is really good. Yeah, they've got some defensive playmakers. And obviously, you know, Carson Wentz Jr. at quarterback. Uh, who had a pretty good performance for his first game. So I think his IMG team's actually uh, pretty underrated. Yeah, I think we saw a good game from the IMG team, but I was more impressed with Westlake to be able to keep it within seven, considering that it was number one versus number six. And I think maybe Westlake's not as bad as they were considered to be during the preseason. Yeah, good point. Definitely. And then the final game of week one, Rancho and Duncanville, Jaden Parker and Darius Hardy, the duo in their first game. They get they get ran down by Duncanville here and Zach Anikstad with a big time game for the Panthers. Um, all around, I think both of these teams are really good. This is a really evenly matched game. Uh, and and even though Parker and Hardy weren't able to pull it through for the W. They, they, they're two guys that once they get to the next level, they will excel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there is a couple a couple points left out there for Rancho, but I mean, what can you expect? It's the first game of the season. Guys are starting to get into their groove, and we'll come back stronger than ever next time. Yeah, I was really impressed by the performance of Dongdeville's defense also. Obviously, that uh, Anikstead touchdown 
uh, really sealed the deal for them. But like you said, uh, impressive performances by both teams. I was pretty much impressed by every single high school team in week one. Definitely. Uh, so players of the week in week one. Uh, on offense, we had Garrett Sutton from Marcus, 252 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. And, of course, he had that game-winning two-point conversion on the QB sneak. And then Defensive Player of the Week, Zach Anikstad, safety from Duncanville, 12 tackles, two, two tackles for loss, one uh, two fumble recoveries, excuse me, one forced fumble, and one touchdown. Really strong game from Anikstad. Yeah, I mean, Annex said is making a case to why he may be one of the best players, if not the best player in high school after week one. Great. All right, we will move on to week two. So the week two schedule, uh, Duncanville and Westlake, IMG, Shamanodden, and the game of the week, Rancho versus Marcus. We'll get to see two guys, Garrett Sutton and Jaden Parker, go at it. Uh, first game didn't have a script because I was lazy. But I was Duncanville, about to say, who was the lazy one? <laughs> Duncanville gets the win over Westlake, and you got to feel for Westlake, man. They got all the drip, but they're just not, <laughs> not all the like they not all the to. not all the drown, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> drip or drown. But man. Duncanville gets the win, 31-21 behind Brandon Graham's big time performance, running back. 14 rushes, 189 yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah, he must have a good uh, – this must be his night job because, uh, you know, he also holds it down for the Eagles. Uh-huh. <laughs> am, am I did – I, did I really mess up on that? Or no? No? Uh, no, that's his name. Okay. Bernie, you screwed me up there. What the heck, man? <laughs> All right, game two of the night, IMG Shamanad. Uh, oh, Rip Burn. Oh, yeah, Bernie. Well, that's unfortunate. I guess <laughs> we'll we'll get the rest of the episode without Burn unless he comes back. Yeah. But uh, IMG gets the W, the big W, 31-21. Wow, the scores are really uh, basically the same. They are the same, actually. Oh, Burn's back. Hello, Burn. I got kicked. What happened? Oh, that's unfortunate. My my audio, I think it's my audio. Like, mine is awful right now. But, y'all, Shawanad IMG, pretty fun game, right? Yep, uh-huh. it was. Uh, IMG showing that they are undoubtedly the number one team in high school. And Carson Wentz Jr., big time game. Uh, not a not a whole lot to say except once again the defense coming up big for the Ascenders. Yeah, I mean they try to put up a fight with IMG, but IMG is just such a good team, and the fight just wasn't there against the best team in the nation. Facts, yeah, facts. And the final game of the night, the game of the week, Rancho and Marcus. Two of the best quarterbacks in high school. Maybe the two best quarterbacks in high school. Uh, Scroll on down to the end of the game. Marcus gets the win off of a field goal in the uh, 
first quarter that ends up being the difference maker. And and once again, the backfield duo, Garrett Sutton and, and Storm Harris, really big time game. And uh, Hardy had three touchdowns this game, but, but just couldn't get it done. Yeah, I was absolutely amazed by uh, a Juice's performance there for Rancho. Even though they took the loss, he looked really, really good. And he might be the best wide receiver from this class if he continues to put up performances like that for this team. Yeah, I got to agree. I, I think that this was an impressive performance, once again, by both teams. But Pops to Marcus, I'll pick up the win. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, Bernie. What, my audio? Yeah. I know, bro. I don't know what it is. They're going to clown you like they did in the ESPN line, though. You know what, y'all? Like, I'm sorry that, like, my thing it sounds like a little horse dookie. And, you know, I'm going to say it once. I'm going to say it again. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's it for high school, uh, unless you guys have anything else to say. No, I'm good. I ain't gonna say too much. Alright. And so our final subject of the night, basketball. Got a lot to cover. Uh, three weeks. Four weeks. Sorry. Um, we'll just rush through them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we're probably gonna take the yeah, we, we, we covered a lot of this in the ESPN Live. I think we got to uh, yeah, we did. week three. So we'll just roll right in to the week three scores. Illinois gets the win against UNC 88-76. Behind Wendell Wentz, they gained 27-5 for him. Texas with the win against Kentucky 56-46. And Dre King with the double-double 16-10-3. Number eight, Georgia against Kansas State. Narrowly pulls it out, the Bulldogs, and behind Anthony Ferraz's 32 points. And then Texas A&M and Oklahoma State in a close game. Texas A&M wins by a point, 59-58. And Frank Nilkina, 12 points and 6 assists. All right. The script game, Washington-Gonzaga. Uh, Washington is America's team, whether it's basketball or football. <laughs> okay, and Washington gets the win. James Gaines with 28, 5, and 4. Gilbert Jeffries, 19, 1, and 6. Tank Mahoney, 16, 7, and 3. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was impressed by Washington's performance in this one to pick up the win. So, good job to America's team. Mm-hmm. Tank Mahoney and Gilbert Jeffries were good duo on that one, able to take down James Gaines and Gonzaga. A big-time win for them, for sure. All right, week four, uh, the big game for this week. Number one, USC, and the former number one team, now number five, the Illinois Fighting Illini. Uh, That'll be an exciting game, for sure. Uh, Number two, Michigan State. Sparty gets the big win, 86-56. Elmo Bernstein. Elmo's world. (laughs) Elmo's world it is. 23-7-5 for the big man. Uh, number three, Memphis, Arkansas. Memphis gets the win, 67-55. Timo Williams, 28-10-3. Uh, Duke and Baylor. Duke gets the win behind John Franklin's 30-10 and 10 double-double. 
impressive performance from him. Uh, Texas with the win against Pitt. Dre King once again with the good performance, 18-84. Washington narrowly escapes Rutgers, 62-60. David Murray with 14-9-5. Georgia versus Liberty. Anthony Faraz with 27-3-4. And the Bulldogs win. Gonzaga narrowly escapes Army, 44-43 behind James Gaines, 27-5-5. And the Aggies of Texas A&M and BYU. Sean Rogers with the big performance there in the Aggies win. Mm-hmm. That was a lot, a lot to say. Yeah. So, uh, this early in the season, do you guys have any uh, picks for maybe a, a, a Final Four or uh, Naismith and Wooden? Uh, I can't say much on that. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't really. Park, yeah. You can just skip this one. <laughs> Bernie, you got anything? Uh, I have no clue where you went. Where did, where did bruh? <laughs> did he lose Max. Max in parentheses, I got kicked. <laughs> I don't even think. Well, we can't hear him if he's even saying anything. Yeah. So uh, I, I think this is a good place to end oh. it, and he left again. Of course he did. So. Anyway, this is a good place to end it. Uh, nearly 50 minutes of the podcast, a lot longer than we expected. But nonetheless, uh, we appreciate all you for listening. Uh, Sutton wasn't able to get on, but I'm sure he'll be on one soon. This, oh, This shit got me <laughs> fucked up, man. This shit got me <laughs> fucked up. I can hear, uh, hear y'all asses easy. And y'all like, oh, well, but I, I can't hear Bernie. I can't hear Bernie. We, we really couldn't. I know, I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're just we're just going to go ahead and end it. Wow. Because we've been here 50 minutes. We have been here. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I would like to uh, say I appreciate all of you for coming. Uh, second episode. Covered a lot. NCAA, NFL, high school, basketball. Um. One quick thing, join high school basketball if you haven't. They're very close to filling up. going to be a fun season there. And, and I'm excited for the rest of the season. Uh, the next episode, probably probably this weekend. I would say maybe Friday. Don't yeah. know yet. But uh, until then, have a good time. Hey, for- I got. I just got signed off with my, with my quote before uh, the wrap-up. As, uh, as 42 Doug, of course, once said... Uh, yeah, it's us. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, on behalf of Bernstein and Parker, I am Blackman. And thank you for listening. <laughs>